welcome to another episode of the Best of All Possible Podcast. I am your host, Robert Weathers, and as you know, we here at Panglossian Productions in Williamsburg, Virginia, have a love for the weird. We love the unproduced and underproduced, and boy, do we love 10-minute plays. And you will get a 10-minute play every two weeks, a brand new 10-minute play every two weeks, with your subscription to our podcast. So thank you for joining us. Of course, it's not just me coming in every couple of weeks and reading a play. That would be boring. Instead, we have... In his first episode of the season, Jason Ballou. Hi, Jason. Yay, me. <laughs> Welcome back, Jason. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, almost a year now. Yeah, I think it's yeah, been it's a year been since a you've been here. Yeah. So, uh, Jason, we're happy to have you back here, even though uh, even if it's just for this one show, at least for uh, this current recording. I, I don't want to, you know, to get used to it. I just got to tease you out a little bit. <laughs> that, that's that, that's that's right. We got to offer a paycheck next time, right? <laughs> So, Jason, as you know, before we begin, I'm going to ask you a question that is tangentially related to the play that we're about that word, to read. I forgot you used that word. That's I right. That tangentially word. related. Oh, tangentially. That's four syllables, Jason. It's more than I can. Just, just keep going. <laughs> so the question is, when's the last time that you watched a Western? Ooh. Um... The last time would it was sometime within the last six months. I'm really? Remember, yeah, I'm trying to remember the name. Well, I, I, okay, I don't know if it, I think it qualifies as a western. Uh-huh. Um, what is the name of the movie? It's got Doc Holliday and um, Tombstone. Tombstone, yeah. All right, oh, okay. so yeah, I that love counts. that movie. Um, I've probably watched it ten times in my life, and anytime I see it when I'm scrolling through on TV, I will stop and watch it. Really? So I I don't actually know if I've seen all of it from beginning to end in sequence, uh-huh. but I've seen all of it many times over. You know, I'm actually exactly the same with a Christmas story. I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through. So let, let me ask you a question: What do you like so much about Tombstone? The I, the the characters i mean they're they're so deep and rich and mm-hmm. and yet they they're they're real they're approachable they don't it doesn't seem like it's a movie i they relate to me in, in an odd sort of way even though it's in a time that's not i'm not from it's in a place i'm not from and, and yet i relate to them so yeah. so how they approached it i mean just the the performance i mean obviously uh so many one liners with doc i mean uh-huh. is, i i still quote that movie sometimes a little too much but yeah You'll notice he's not dropping any one-liners right now. But no, that's all right. That's okay. okay. Do, we do, insert, do. insert one later. <laughs> what do, what do, if do, we do, can. You want to uh, huckleberry or something? Like, what, what do you want? <laughs> okay. What do you want from me? <laughs> well, Jason, thank you for joining us. We're happy to have you back. Yes, clearly. <laughs> uh, speaking of one-liners, we also have Rachel Islandhaw. Hi, Rachel. Hello. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. So I'm going to ask you the same question, Rachel. Uh, when's the last time that you watched a Western? Well, does The Mandalorian count? Oh, I don't know. That's outside of my wheelhouse. Uh, Anybody? I, I know, I know. I haven't been introduced yet, but that was what was going through my head as well. It's, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty sci-fi southern, and and my my backup question would be, does Firefly count? And it's it's a very similar genre. Joe, so. I'm still looking at you. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm nodding. Okay, okay, okay. And this is audio medium. Gotcha. Uh-huh. So if, if so, then shortly after the last episode of The Mandalorian drops. So let me ask you a question. Time. What 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 about The Mandalorian would you say qualifies it as a western? Uh, it is a lone gunman uh-huh. dealing with a society that isn't quite sure if it's going to be civilized yet or not. Mm-hmm. Um, finding way, finding his way by his own moral code and uh, the use of force. 
So, Tombstone? Is so, that, uh, the, uh, just be clear, although I find your uh, explanation fascinating, I'm still not going to watch it just because everyone else is. <laughs> so, that, that's my, hmm, yeah, and I'm still not going to watch it. <laughs> that's your input to this conversation, yeah, Blue? It, it. it also <laughs> has a tiny and adorable puppet. And that's why I won't watch it. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that, yes, of course, that's where the baby, uh, the yep. baby Yoda's come from. Right. Uh, 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 we are not sponsored by Disney, but Disney, if you would like to sponsor us, please uh, email us at robert at panglossian.org. Thank you very much. All right, well, welcome. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. And here, also joining us, you've already heard his voice and his name, Joe Ziarko. <laughs> Hi, Joe. Hey, everybody. <laughs> so you were going to say Mandalorian as well. Um, Mandalorian, perhaps. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, though, that I, I watched Blazing Saddles. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, as I was hearing other people answer, I realized that for the most part, I, I only watch westerns and other genres. Uh, Django okay. Unchained, I saw... Probably not that long ago. I've been meaning to watch uh, Hateful Eight as well. Mm-hmm. So it seems like one of those things. I don't go to true Western so much as Western skewed other genres. Uh, the soundtrack who shall not be named was uh, approving mightily of Hateful Eight. So, <laughs> so I think you know, for for me, I think the last time I watched a Western, well, the last time I watched a Western definitely was Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Mm-hmm. Um, but prior to that. It might have been watching Bonanza with my great mama, like back in the nineties. Uh, that's I think that might be the last time that I I saw, or maybe F Troop, <laughs> the same. Still, again in the nineties. But um, anyways, y'all. So I ask you the question because we are going to be reading a play here tonight called The Gallows by Sarah Cowley. Now, those of you listening at home or in your car, we have uh, not read this play before. I've read the play before, but the actors here are coming in on a cold read. So they don't know what this play is about. And as a matter of fact, the only thing they know about it is who they're playing. And that's just because I sent them a message earlier in the day. So I will cast the show for you listening now. Uh, Joe, if you would be so kind as to read the role of Adam. All right. And... uh, Rachel, if you would be so kind as to read the role of Juliana. Sure. And uh, Jason, if you would be so kind as to read the role of Sheriff Joe. I mean, what do you do if I say no at this point? Right? <laughs> then, so. uh, then we then we dance, bud. <laughs> like yeah, uh, right, Western style dance. Yeah, never mind. All right, I'll do it. Oh, I see. So um, I think this, this is uh, this is important to note on the cover page of the play. The playwright Sarah Cowley has given us this little nugget here, and I think that uh, I'm going to read it aloud. Uh, she says, "This piece is what happens when a self-described dark and edgy playwright." decides to write a Western. So uh, those of you listening at home, I will read the stage directions and without any further ado, The Gallows by Sarah Cowley. Sorry, I'm scrolling. There we are. The scene is the town square. The time is the old West. Lights up on a man hanging from the gallows. Adam is his name. His weathered face is contorted in agony. Julia enters, observing. It's a damn shame, isn't it? She crosses to him. I'll miss you, cowboy. It's scary to see you so still. I've watched you fidget, always ready to grab your gun. You were always so quick on the draw. I've seen you best many a man. So why didn't you shoot to kill? Sheriff Joe enters, bloodied arm in a sling. Juliana does not see him. Uh, Come on, Julian. It's uh, not right to stare at him, so... Juliana jumps, startled. Sheriff Joseph puts a hand on her shoulder. (laughs) I'm just here to scare away the buzzards. 
I can't believe he's gone. I loved him. No one could have loved him better. But it's time to go. No, I won't leave him. She strokes Adam's lifeless cheek. He left me, but I won't leave him. All right. But I'd like to take a moment alone to pay my respects. She raises an eyebrow and saunters away. The walk of a woman who knows a man is watching her walk. Sheriff Joe leans in close. I'm glad you're dead. I don't know why you shot me, but I'm glad you're dead. From the moment you walked into my town, you've given me nothing but trouble, Adam. You acted like you were too good for the law. You see this, Adam? This is what happens to people who think they are too good for the law. The law is absolute. The law is what keeps people safe. Safe from the likes of you. Sheriff Joe is pacing. He's angry. I knew Juliana... How do I say that name? Juliana. Juliana. I know Juliana liked her man to be rough around the edges, but I never imagined. I grew up with her, you know. We were friends. Today, I have made her a widow because you felt the need to shoot me. Why? If anything, I should have killed you. But not in a decent way. In the night, while you were asleep or while you were playing cards in the saloon or shoot or uh, shot at your back when you were uh, strutting around town. I should have done it the moment I knew you. Juliana was mine. Mine! You stole her from me! And now that I have killed you, she'll never love me. Sheriff Joe starts to cry. Juliana enters, seeing him. Her face is, Im- her face is impartial. Feeling guilty, are we, Sheriff? He's trying to read her explana- expression, but he can't. I, I only meant to say goodbye. You wanted him dead. No, you needed him dead. I will curse your name every day until the day I die, Sheriff. Adam. She approaches Adam, close to his face. I loved you. She kisses him, full on the mouth. Sheriff Joe looks away in disgust. After she pulls away, Adam takes an audible breath. He begins to gasp. Sheriff Joe turns sharply. My God, he's he's alive! No, no, that can't be. How is this possible? His neck must not be broken. He's alive. They watch Adam twitch in horror and fascination. What do I do? Joanna, what do I do? Joe, you sentenced him to hang by the neck until dead. I did. Well, maybe it's time you finished the job. You never call me Joe. Sheriff Joe is living out a nightmare. Juliana approaches him, unholsters his gun, and presents it to him. The law is the law. Justice is justice. How can you say that? An act of God has spared this man's life. A a preacher. We we need a preacher. No! What? He was... He is your husband. Imagine what could happen if Adam were gone. The town would be peaceful. No more bar brawls, law, and order endlessly. She is close to Joe, closer by the second. We could start over, you and I. You... It all makes sense now. The reason he shot me, you told him something, didn't you? I told him how I always loved you. No, you told him how I always loved you. He was... 
He was a stubborn man, cold and dark, but he would have never begrudged you a thing. That's right. You catch on quickly, Sheriff. He was a better shot than you. Shame that for once in his life he wasn't shooting to kill. You're right. He wasn't trying to kill me. Honor and glory, but not death. He liked you. You like scoundrels because you're one of them. It's a shame. He wasn't all bad. Not, not really. Are you going to cut him down? No. Because, Juliana, I have always loved you. And at the heart of things, I'm a bad person. He offers her his good arm. She takes it, and they leave. Juliana looks back one last time. The end. Great work, Joe. I was going to say, before we, before we continue, Joe, I'd like to commend you on your performance. Best one to date. Best, definitely. <laughs> definitely. No denying that. That gasp up there was, was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. And to think I had been practicing my Texas accent all afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, we are now going to move on to the part of the show where we have a brief conversation about the play that we just read. And the first question is always the same, and I'm going to throw it to our special guest in the special seat. Jason, what are your first impressions of the play? This can be as simple as, this can be as, simple as I liked it, I didn't like it, anything that stood out to you. What are your first impressions? Oh, um, I liked it. I, uh, I'll, I'll just say this since I don't really know mm -hmm. the right way to say it. Um, what, one of the challenges with a short play is that you're trying to introduce an audience to characters, get them to attach to them, and then all in five to ten minutes. And yeah. it, 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 it is in some ways a trap because you're also trying to create that hook, that, that twist or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. I wanted more... Um, I wanted more of a unravel of the relationship between them. Okay. Like it, 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 it felt like it happened so abruptly that I missed it in the moment. Sure. And then the moment was over because, you know, it's a short play. So bam. Stop. Yeah. This, this play in particular uh, is, is very short. Uh, you obviously can't see this at home, but it's three and a half printed pages if I counted correctly. Um, so I think there might be some room in there. There's, there's right. definitely more. And that's what I would encourage to the playwright is, is, Flesh those relationships out. Flesh out those moments a little more because mm -hmm. you've got the time. You've got you've got the space. I mean, you know, if, if it's a ten minute play, I don't have a timer on me, but I, I that might have been six or seven minutes, maybe if I had to guess. Yeah, I think it's somewhere around there. So feel free to build that out more is what I would say. Yeah, great, thank you, uh, Rachel. What are your first impressions? Uh, I I liked it a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. Like like Jason said, I did want to see more of these people. I. I thought that that was a very neat mechanic. I liked the way it was structured. I liked the, the turnaround and the reveal, but I'd like to spend some more time with these people. See, I think the fact that they play on stereotypes that we all know, again, we were talking, what's the last Westerns that you saw weren't even set in the Wild West because we know those, uh -huh. those, um, those archetypes that uh, we see in Westerns. So, I think you could build it out a little bit more, but one of the reasons I think it does work well in this genre is we kind of know what the good cop, what the good sheriff is supposed to be like, and and what the you know, 
whatever the Western version of femme fatale is. Yeah, so I've, I've said before, and, and for those of you listening at home, you don't know this, but the people at the table do. I used to be in a comedy gunfight show. Oh, good. Here's and, the expert. Oh, and, 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 well, here, the reason I say that is because I would describe the comedy gunfight show as sort of an, ama- an American commedia dell'arte where all the characters were stereotypical characters. We had the bumbling sheriff. We had the uh, lazy but crafty deputy who was trying, you know, the servant who was trying to get out of it. We have also the bumbling bad guy and his really stupid sidekick, right? Um, and so I, I, I see what you're saying there, Joe. I, but I kind of think that here the, uh, the reveal, as far as what's going on with Juliana, is a little bit too early there's not enough buildup to it for him to come to the decision oh because he says i see what's happening here or something along those lines yeah right? uh, and it just kind of seems like it pops out of nowhere am i right about that that's how i felt it yeah it uh-huh. was it was it was that that was like oh that that was sudden but also not it, it didn't give me the satisfaction i wanted it to for that reveal mm-hmm. but it, it, it's also kind of a double reveal which is interesting the whole she manipulated adam into it well, sort of, you know, mm-hmm. she, she more or less double manipulated him into it. Adam actually loved her enough to give her anything. And, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, it's, it's kind of a two-step reveal, which I thought I found interesting. See, I, and I, I see your point. I did not get that while I was reading it. I, I didn't, I didn't even fully understand what the reveal was. It's almost like you only read this one time. Well, and... listen, listen, <laughs> jackass. <laughs> so let me ask you a question about Juliana here, and I'll, I'll start with you, Rachel, since uh, you are Juliana for all intents and purposes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, and it is noted a couple of times that uh, that Adam doesn't miss a shot, right? Mm-hmm. And but uh, Adam was not shooting to kill. Would she have been satisfied with either of the circumstances here? If if uh, if Adam were shooting to kill and would have shot Sheriff Joe, would she have been satisfied with that circumstance? Do you think? I'm not sure mm-hmm. because the way it it kind of reads to me, and I may have missed this, but again, I've only seen it the once. It implies that she got Adam to commit suicide by cop, <laughs> so that she could have the cop. Oh, I see. I, I see where you're coming from. Okay. And and I could be way wrong on that. Well, I don't know. What do you what do you think, uh, Joe? I mean, it it depends on how uh, much of a psychopath we want her to be, and and again, what her ultimate aim is. Is she climbing right. in society? Is she want to be the the wife of the sheriff? Um, she's clearly manipulative. I I don't right. think the end game was that she really loved the sheriff all along because she could have gotten that. Fair enough. Adam. Yeah. Right. Adam. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. there's. There's clearly something else going on there, but I think that would be something to tease out in a little bit of a you know table talk before you, after you did it a second or third time. Right, and I mean she's she's already got Adam. Yeah. So she's she mm-hmm. sounds at the beginning like she's regretting that he didn't shoot to kill, but at the end, Adam's still alive. She is clearly given a choice between these two men and goes for the sheriff. This is yeah. true. Yes. Yeah, that's 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 the point. There is that she. There is a moment where she has the choice to make, and yet it's obvious what her choice is. So what does that mean? Right. Yeah. Jeff? Well, and I just want to say another thing. I think that it was really wise as you in this small moment as director. You need your strongest actor to play Adam because he has so few lines and yet needs to say so much. It's hard to play dead. (laughs) (laughs) And then to convey all of that. You did 
masterfully. If you could have seen on this podcast how I emoted there to the end. I almost I, cried. So I, I did a, cry. I do have a, 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 a director question here, and this is for anybody here. Um, what does Adam look like in a in what would be a typical 10-minute play production? You know, low budget. Uh, how, how, how are you conveying that he's hanging from... Uh, hanging from the rafters, I are hanging from the gallows. I kind of thought about him just with a just with a rope around his neck, you know, and it's hanging off the back of him, or maybe it's the 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 rope that would be connected to the gallows is hanging off the front of him, just to be clear, this is what this is. Uh, that's just kind of where I was thinking. What do y'all think? Well, I think first off, whenever you're casting a person, as as you has well demonstrated, is it needs to be someone absolutely hideous. I mean, someone that no woman <laughs> would actually love to look at. Um, hey, Joe, we're, we're exactly one month from your wedding day, aren't we? <laughs> Supposedly. <laughs> um, as far as, I mean, how you do on a low budget and, and how you make it work, I, I don't know because as I was picturing in my head, anything short of having a gal just seemed cheesy and maybe it's because i'm i'm always okay. the realist with stuff like that you are we differ yeah. in that way yeah yeah, yeah. okay I'm... well how about this because this is what i saw black box theater completely black box that he's standing on so he's, he's got that one of the noose as you said it but you run something just wire kind of coat hanger to give it a straight line up going into nothing that that was kind of my idea seeing then me the entire 10 minute play i'm watching that <laughs> watching the entire wiggle, <laughs> wiggle as, 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 <laughs> yeah so any thoughts on that rachel well, the the one time I've seen something like that done, they they just put the person in a climbing harness. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, completely slack rope around their neck, but that was also for a full scale production. Um, mm -hmm. You you would need some sort of gallows, something something to indicate. Well, some sort of noose, rather. Mm -hmm. um, definitely some something to indicate that. Could you do something like? Put a door frame over there, and then just have the rope slack, and the person's feet on the ground. Uh, would that work for that you in work. a situation like this? That would definitely work. It could work. And as I was picturing, as you were describing, Robert, I like the idea of having having him on a black box with a rope around his neck, but not that it, it extends up. Is it's just mm -hmm. it's the visual representation of there's a rope there, but you don't see the uh -huh. rest of it. I could see that working. Awesome. Well, thanks guys so much for your commentary. And uh, let's make sure that we thank Sarah Cowley for her awesome little play, The, Ga the Gallows. Awesome short play, I should say. And thanks to Jason Ballou for his triumphant return to the podcast. And of course, Rachel Islandhall and Josie Arco for reading. Let us also remember to thank our stage manager, Rachel West, and the sound tech who shall not be named. Ooh. Well, now, Robert, before you close out, I do okay. have one more thing to add. Oh. Uh, you, you were talking about your gun show days, and I, I, I want to tease out to the next episode. Um, next time that you're, you're back, you should tell people about One Ball Willie. I think they would enjoy that story. <laughs> one Ball Watley. Watley, I'll sorry, yeah. I'll tell you what, that's a perfect segue, Jason, because I don't think you know this, but we have a Patreon account now. Oh. And for as little as $3 a month, you can help support this podcast, which helps uh, read brand new plays from playwrights across the globe and is free for you, the listener. But if, uh, again, for as little as $3 a month, you can get extra content. And if you pledge $10 per month, you will get a handwritten thank you from me and a shout out on the podcast. Ooh. So make sure you check that out. It's at patreon.com slash BOAP. That's B-O-A-P-P. -P. Stands for Best of All Possible Podcast, but you already figured that out. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye.